We are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. Our goal is to build connections within our society. During this podcast, we value intellectual freedom and access to knowledge for all. Treat everyone with dignity, respect, courtesy and compassion. Providing quality service without bias. Encouraging innovation and personal development. Recognise and value the contributions of staff and volunteers. Appreciate and respond to the diversity of our community. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at sgprpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to Behind the Stacks. First and foremost, we are a podcast geared for adults to share our world with you. And we've got some really great interviews as well. So without further ado, let's get started. Woo! It's great to be back for another episode of Behind the Stacks. How are you today? I'm doing great, Simone. I am super excited to be back for episode two. I feel like we are not going to go away like AJ and the Queen. Sorry, RuPaul, we love you, but you left us too soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nope, we are here to stay for a bit longer, which is great news for us. Yeah, I love doing a podcast. There's so many interesting things to talk about, and I feel if we were a Netflix show, we'd have enough content for a whole season. I agree. So we really hope that our listeners out there enjoy this as much as we do recording it. With that said, we have a lot of really cool things happening on today's show. I'm so excited. Let's let's get into it. Dive deep. Deep down. <laughs> into the deep end of the pool. Let's go. Splash. Head first. Don't even look. Don't don't look. Don't, just jump. Ah, can I bring my floaty? Yeah, yeah, you can. Can you not swim? Um, I, I can doggy paddle. <gasps> have you had swimming lessons before? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. But I'm not very good at swimming. That's fair. I feel like I haven't swam for like 10 years, and I might be similar to yourself. I feel like I forgot. (laughs) I don't know if you could forget. Is it like riding a bike? You just... There you go. Well, I can't ride a bike either. So, let's move on. Oh, really? (laughs) I think I found my new summer project, Simone! Oh, dear. (laughs) All right, yes. (laughs) Now, onward and off to the show. What are we doing today, Simone? I would let you teach me how to ride a bike. Okay, we'll start on the grass so it's safe. I'm. You made my entire day. I'm so happy. We're going to teach you how to ride a bike. Okay. Um, we'll we'll be adding to that mm-hmm. as the podcast continue. I'll be telling you about um, our progress. But <laughs> for today, <laughs> we are going to cover a few of our usual segments mm-hmm. and add a few new ones, mm. such as housekeeping. My fave. Rescue the book. A new segment called Hot Stuff, What's Happening in Spruce Grove, and lastly, an interview with one of our brightest stars here at SGPL. And OMG, she's been here as long as I have, for over 13 years. The relics unite, I'm so happy. (laughs) As a newbie, the two-year-old little one, I'm so happy to have the senior staff come together. Yeah, like the OGs. Yes, right? Like, 
the founding father is a little bit. <laughs> founding mothers. <gasps> yes, of the library. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Anyways, I interrupted my, my apologies. So stay tuned for that. And on top of all that, it's Band Book Week coming Woo-hoo. up. So we're going to discuss a bit about that towards the end of the show. So to your swimming thing, let's dive right into it. Awesome. All right. So first, you remember this segment from last episode. Let's do some housekeeping. So September 30th is Orange Shirt Day. Wear your favorite orange shirt to honor the indigenous children who were sent away to residential schools in Canada and learn more about the history of those schools. Yes. Very important. Sad, but important day to recognize and show our recognition. Uh, Cooking with Kids, which is a new virtual program we have this fall, thanks to Brilliant Sarah, who's another programmer that we hope Yes, we hope to have her on the show very, very soon because she is amazing and she needs to be part of this this fun event that we're having. Yes, she really does. (laughs) Absolutely. In regards to that program, there is a special little bonus edition, Kids Kitchen Challenge. So we are asking the young chefs of Spruce Grove to send us a photo of them preparing a family favorite recipe or any recipe of your choice. Mm. Yeah, and the exciting part is all participants will be entered into a grand prize to win an elite gourmet electric ice cream maker. Fancy. Very fancy. You can learn more on our webpage at sgpl.ca. Ice cream, favorite flavor. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite flavor of ice cream um i would have to say cookies and cream nice classic i'm a bit of a snoot <clears throat> nothing new i really like matcha flavored ice cream like the japanese matcha flavored ice cream oh the bitter the better the better yeah because matcha is naturally the kind of bitter tasting flavor mm-hmm. they they always compare it to grass that's it Grass-flavored ice cream would be a big hit. No, no, which is probably why North America is not a big matcha. <laughs> Matcha-loving uh, country, but that's okay. As a kid growing up in the UK, oh, yes. cooking-wise, baked beans on toast was my speciality. So I'm sure our young residents here can come up with something much fancier. So now, on to Rescue the Book. Every day, books that hold wonderful stories are left sitting on the shelves here at the library, overlooked and at risk of being withdrawn. Each podcast, we're going to highlight two of these hidden gems and tell you a bit about them and perhaps give them a chance to be checked out and saved from the chopping block as we present Rescue the Book. Simone, what book did you pick for us today? I picked Hens Dancing by Raffaella Barker. Now, I know I'm kind of going on a bit of a farm theme here. I had Apocalypse Cow last time. That's right. And now Hens Dancing. There doesn't appear to be any hens dancing in this book, which is a bit sad, a bit misleading, but it's still very good. So to summarise Hens Dancing, it's written as a diary of almost daily events by Venetia in her country home. She's divorced from Charles. She's about 35 and she has three children, Giles, Felix and a baby girl which she calls the beauty. Uh, It's funny and it's got lots of great observations about life on a farm and her daily life and parenting three young children. Uh, It was written in 1999 
Oh, that's a scooch of a ways away. Yeah, so back when I was in my 20s, so I think wistfully back to that time. I was 10. Um, it reminds you were 10. I was 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. We love to, <laughs> we really like to just tell us about everyone about our ages <laughs> slightly throughout the podcast. I'm old and she's young. That's, we're, no, you're fun and I'm boring. <laughs> Anyway, if you remember Bridget Jones's diary, mm. which was also um, very popular in the late 90s, this reminded me a lot of that, except it's not quite as urban. She doesn't have a glass of wine and a cigarette every night like Bridget did, but it's a lot of fun, a very light read. I've been reading it before bed. It's a nice way to end the evening, and I think it should be rescued because it's a lot of fun. So rescue hens dancing please i have a confession about bridget jones's diary i have neither read or seen that oh no really oh no the look simone is giving me i think i just um crossed a line well you were probably like five when it came out i mean i've seen on the netflix it pops up every so often and i'm like huh and then i don't know like who's the main actress again that plays her it's Renee Zellweger. Thank you. I don't know if I... I used to like her. I don't know if as an actress if I still like her, because she's had some life changes. Yes. Which is great for her. But she... I don't know. She was never my, like, oh my gosh, I must say it because Renee Zellweger's in it. But she's very good as Bridget, and she does a really good English accent. Mm. And it also has Colin Firth and Hugh Grant as her love interests. That might be just enough for me to... <laughs> Have you read the books? I have read the books. Oh my god. Do we have the books? We should find out. Because if we, if we do, then I will check those bad boys out. Yes. I think you'd enjoy them. Okay. I, I have homework. They are very 90s, but... Yeah. I, I, I grew up during that time. I could try to relate. <laughs> well, that sounds like a wonderful read. So if anyone is interested... Yes. If anyone's interested in borrowing this book, we do have it in our system. And it also has... Um, kind of a built-in bookmark, a purple ribbon, which was a bit of a thing a few years ago in books. And again, it's Hens Dancing by Raffaella Barker. It is another British book. I don't mean to keep getting books from England. I'm just drawn to them. (laughs) Which book will you be rescuing? I'm going to be rescuing. Now, I was shook when I saw this on our list because, first of all, I know this is an author that our community dearly dearly loves and the more I kind of find out about her like we were talking off air you showed me a picture of her desk (laughs) just even the back of her on this book I'm like she just (laughs) yeah she's wearing a giant fuchsia colored yes raincoat do you think this is her house with the giant lions I I think it is she has two giant lions outside her front door and her desk it looks like it's a big wooden desk and uh, it looks like two books and they're both what, her books. Yes. So it has Danielle Steele on the side of the desk. Yes. And it's amazing. I think I'm just loving her the more that I get to see, like, pictures of her. I mean, first of all, this is the woman that I believe works 22 hours a week, or, sorry, a day. <laughs> a week. I wish I forgot that. <laughs> 22 hours a day and loves chocolate. Yes. So already I'm like, you know, I could probably get on board with this. But anyways, my book is Coming Out by Danielle Steele. Yes. How is Danielle Steele in the Rescue the Books? She was actually our most popular read in 2019. I do not know. I do not know, which is why I thought, you know what? 
I know she takes up at least three of our shelves mm-hmm. <laughs> in the stacks, but still, I think this one deserves a good uh, a good chance. So let's let's dive right into it. The summary of coming out: we have Olympia Crawford Rubenstein. She sounds very well to do. Yes, that that's a mouthful of a name right there. She's a busy. Uh, she has a sorry a busy legal career, a solid marriage, and a way of managing her thriving family with grace humor and boundless energy so already i'm like envious i'm like yeah i'm what? very envious <laughs> i have secret. i have none of those <laughs> uh with twin daughters finishing high school and a son at dartmouth and a kindergartner from her second marriage uh there seemed to be no challenge to which olympia cannot rise mm. of course until one sunny day in may of course when she opens an invitation for her daughters to attend the most exclusive coming out ball in New York. Oh, debutante. Yes, and chaos erupts all around her. One twin's excitement is balanced, but the other's outrage. Her previous husband profound snobbish is in sharp contrast to her current husband's flat refusal to attend. So a lovely quote from this book is, As old wounds are healed, barriers are shattered, and new traditions are born. And a debutante ball becomes a catalyst for change, revelation, acceptance, and love. Wow, that sounds (laughs) epic. That must be a very big read. Like a lot of pages. You would think, but actually no. Fun facts. This is a lovely quick read. It's under 200 pages. I believe it's like 199 or something. Really? 195. All that in 195 pages. All of this. So lots to share. Um, More quick facts. It was published in 2006. So not terribly old, but obviously not terribly new. Mm -hmm. And because it's a Danielle Steele novel, this is her 69th novel. To date, she has written 185 books. Whoa. Yes. She's she's on a mission. Very impressive. Very. Thank you, Danielle Steele. You are an amazing writer. And wow, 185 books. I couldn't imagine. She doesn't really need rescuing, does she? But no. I think we should rescue yes. this particular one. I agree. Like I said, quick quick read. She sounds like an amazing individual, like, you know, offside. And Olympia sounds like she's had a very difficult life, but that's okay. Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. I think because it was a quick read and it was my first introduction to Danielle Steele. So if you have any other Danielle Steele recommendations, I might be her new next and biggest fan. You can email us at sgblpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Oh, I would be interested in that as well. I've not read any of her books yet. Right. You might have some future fans. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Throughout this series, we'll be interviewing the dedicated and brilliant staff here at SGPL. Here is our first interview. We are very excited here at Behind the Stacks to welcome our special guest, Anastasia, our bibliographic services librarian. Hi, Anna. Hi, Simone. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you here. So let's get right into it. How did you start in the library world? Well, it was kind of by accident. Um, I did my undergrad in psychology and I wasn't really sure what to do after that. And I had a friend going into library school, and I thought, that sounds okay. So I did my master's in library and information science at U of A, and then not even three years later, I was able to get a job in my field. That's fantastic. Yep. How long have you been working in the library industry? Uh, Next month will be four years here at SGPL. So I worked as a reference librarian first for a few months, and then after that I got my current position. 
What is your favourite moment, story, experience working in the library world? Uh, well, when I just started, we got a grant from Field Law Community Fund to create bibliotherapy kits. And like, there was a group of us who were working on it. And management was really impressed with how I did my part. And when you're an adult, when you do really good work, your reward is more work. <laughs> so I was yeah, kind of given the whole project to take over. And it was actually really cool making them. And for those who don't know, uh, bibliotherapy kits is a creative arts therapies modality that involves storytelling or the reading of specific texts for the purpose of healing. And we have about 24 kits currently on various topics for mental health, well-being, family, and relationships. And the kits include books, audiobooks, DVDs, and pamphlets for further information and resources in the community. So I really recommend checking them out. Yeah, they're a wonderful addition to our collection, the therapy kits. So well done on those. Oh, thank you. What's a day in the life of Anna at the library like? Uh, well, I usually do one of two things. I'm either doing collection development, where I just get to spend all celebrities' monies on things Fun. like books, yeah, video games, and everything in between. So you get to buy books and video games? I do, yeah. Also music. So I basically buy everything except children and new stuff, which the children's librarian is oh, in charge safe. of. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And when I'm not doing that, I'm processing new items, like putting labels on them, making item records, so it's ready for everyone to check out. So you're kept pretty busy? Yes. Okay, our final question. What advice would you give to people looking into getting into a career in the library world? Uh, I would advise to volunteer as much as possible, and if you have a chance to take a practicum, definitely do it. Especially try to do it in, like, a place where you want to get a job. Mm -hmm. uh, since we have a Masters of Library program here, uh, well, the U of A does, there's about 30 new graduates every year, and there's not that many new positions that no. open up in the <laughs> library field. So you have to really like kind of get noticed and stand out, so basically try to network as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Yes, networking, that is a very important yeah, part. Get to know people in the field. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for all the amazing work you do here at SGPL. Oh, it's my pleasure. But we can't let you go just yet, Anna, because you are the host of our newest segment, Hot Stuff. Hot Stuff! Liz, Anna. Welcome to Hot Stuff. This is where we highlight brand new items that have just been added here at Spruce Grove Public Library. And we're very excited to have Anna here to guide us through the top five. Now, what kind of items do we have? Uh, well, I have a few items for you here today. The first one is a graphic novel adaptation of The Great Gatsby. It was adapted by Fred Fordham and illustrated by Aya Morton. So for those who are familiar with the story, it's um, a really great read to check out. And if you're not familiar with it, it's a 1920 story of the mysterious wealthy Gatsby and his love for the beautiful Daisy. And, and it's in a graphic novel format. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Number two. Number two, we have Stephen King's new book, If It Bleeds, which is a collection of four all-new novellas. And the title story, If It Bleeds, is a standalone sequel to The Outsider, in which Holly Gibney of the Finders Keepers Detective Agency is working on the case of a missing dog 
and are her own need to be more assertive. When she sees the footage on TV, but when she tunes in again to the late-night report, she realizes there is something not quite right about the correspondent who was first on the scene. In addition to If It Bleeds, we have three more wonderful stories, Mr. Harrington's Phone, The Life of Chuck, and Rat. Number 3 For number 3, we have the autobiography open book by Jessica Simpson. In it, she talks about the struggles in her life, such as the pressure to support her family as a teenager, her divorce, an emotionally abusive relationship, being body shamed in an overly appearance-centered industry, and going through bouts of heavy drinking. But she ends on a positive note, discussing her billion-dollar apparel line and marriage with professional football star Eric Johnson, with whom she has three children. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. She has had quite the life, so... She did. Number four. Number four, we have The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Susan Collins which takes place about 64 years before the events of the Hunger Games. Uh, this one is about an 18-year-old Coriolanus Snow, who is preparing for his one shot at glory as a mentor in the games. The only mighty house of snow has fallen on hard times, its fate hanging on the slender chance that Coriolanus, I'm sure I'm butchering that pronunciation, but that he will be able to outcharm, outwit, and outmaneuver his fellow students to mentor the winning tribute. And number five. Number five, we have a new PlayStation 4 game uh, called Ghost of Tsushima. In it, you play as Jin Sakai, and he must set aside his samurai traditions and forge a new pass, the Pass of the Ghost, and wage an unconventional war for the freedom of Tsushima. It's an action-adventure styles game played from a third-person perspective, featuring a large open world which can be explored without guidance. That sounds awesome. Do you like video games? I'm more of a computer game person. Mm -hmm. I also want to add we have as well a lot of brand new TV shows such as Orange is the New Black Season 7, Good Place Season 4, His Dark Material Season 1, um, Lucifer Season 4, and I know Season 5 just came out on Netflix so it's a good time catch to catch up. Oh yeah, for sure. And many, many more. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Gravity Falls. It's not a new TV show, but it's new to the library, mm -hmm. and it was new to me. It's about twin siblings Deeper and Mabel Pines, who spend the summer at their great-uncle's tourist trap in the enigmatic Gravity Falls, where they discover many a strange and wonderful thing. Uh, it's aimed at juvenile age, but it can definitely be enjoyed by adults, and it's just a complete delight. Yeah. So I highly recommend that show. Thank you. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again soon for another... Hot Stuff with Anna. On to what's happening in Spruce Grove. Got lots happening in Spruce Grove. Just some gentle reminders and information for our community to enjoy. Mm -hmm. All right. So, as I'm sure you know, school is back in session. So, just a quick reminder for drivers to slow down in our many school areas. Yes, please, because I go past one on my way to work, and I can honestly say not everyone is quite aware or remembers that school is back in session, even though it is COVID times, and, you know, mm -hmm. people are unsure whether they're going back to school, all that stuff, but any hoozle. Uh, next, Stony Plain Library. So this is our um, 
amazing friends over there at Stony Plain. Shout out to Stony. They are super awesome. They have a few fun programs that we would love to let our listeners know. So the first one is the Little Red Wagon Theater. So every Friday between 3 and 4.30, um, they have an individual with a cute little red wagon go out into fields around Stony Plain and read stories and kind of do a fun story time session with everybody. So be sure to um, not only watch for the red wagon near you, but uh, check out their website and social media Friday mornings to find out where they will be popping up next. It's kind of a surprise. That sounds very fun. Right. Uh, They also have uh, story time in the forest and uh, yoga in the forest, which are both outdoor activities. Of course, with weather pending, Mm -hmm. um, you can learn more on their website at myspppl.ca. Well, that sounds fantastic. Another group that we just love is the FCSS. Yes. And they are going to be having virtual programs for youth aged 12 to 18 on Instagram so at Spruce Grove FCSS Youth. Go there for weekly activities and updates. Yes. And the last little tidbit we have for everyone in Spruce Grove is uh, we got notification that our partner's Horizon Stage. Unfortunately, at this time, the city has extended their temporary closure until December 31st, 2020. Oh, that is a shame. Hopefully 2021 we'll see lots of things happening at Horizon Stage. Yes. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for, please welcome our very special guest, Danielle V! Hello, Danielle, and welcome to our little show. I am so happy to be here. This is so exciting. We are very happy to have you here. Wow. So, let's get right into your interview. Now, how did you start in the library world? That is actually a fun story because I was originally on uh, starting into the library world as a as a wee baby teen. I was part of our teen advisory council and came here for programs and did a lot of work with my school library because uh, I just loved being there, being around books, being around the people who appreciated those. Uh, we were those junior high kids who pretended to like not go outside for recess and hung out in the library instead. The cool kids. Yeah. So I initially came to volunteer like some of my friends have done, but because I had done so much extensive work with my school library and could run the desk, check out books, put away books, I was used to the whole system, uh, they actually hired me instead when I came to volunteer. So there was no formal interview or resume. Um, I just, I said all of the experience that I had and then they looked at me and said, would you like to work here instead? And I said, sure. And they said, you start next week, give us your pay info. Um, and I have never left, so I have grown with the library and am, like, severely stunted in how you properly apply for a job. I feel like I can't tell people who are working really hard to get into the library, because I know it's a competitive field, and when I tell them how I got in here, I'm worried that they'll hit me, because, like, that's, that, like, I'm, I'm living the dream. Right? Right? Oh, you're just one of those lucky ones that just went, here I am, I'm here. I'm here, and then I, the the key to getting into the library world is to find your way in and then never leave. There you go. Just never leave. Well, we'll get more into your advice to people about how to get in and stay in the library world, but we'll keep that little nugget of wisdom. (laughs) Just don't leave. Haunt your local library. (laughs) You are a local ghost. I am. I love it. Now, the next question. How long have you worked in the library industry? That is a beautiful and excellent question. 
for our friend Simone because we started relatively the same time and I never remember how many years that has been. So Simone, how long have we been here? <laughs> so I'm so sorry. We've been here almost 15 years. So if we've been here for almost almost 15 years, yikes, wow. I didn't know we get to buy something in 15 years. That's amazing. And like time flies, like it's nuts. We like it's there's been so many versions of and like how we've gone through changes for the library that like I find myself falling back into routines that are seven years old and I have to take a moment and be like, we haven't done that in years. And like that is the fun part about the longer you've been with a particular any job, but like particularly with libraries, the more that becomes just part of your being and it's it is really fun and this this is a particularly fun library to work with because we've gone through some really fun and shocking transitions which has been cool hey we spoke a little bit, bit about that off air earlier how you were here from like the beginning and simone spoke last episode about um before we were in this space and you were here for the move I went through the move. We, I was one of like, what is it, like the big four of us who all transfer? I think there's like four or five of us who went through the move. I was again still a wee baby teen at the time. But yeah, we, we moved from the other side of the little strip mall in our tiny space to this new what at the time seemed infinite. I remember coming through like arms out with like there was no shelves, it was just our empty floor and I'm like I ran through and it's like this is amazing we have space forever and I have on repeated occasion in the last three years been like we need to knock down this wall I need more space <laughs> we want more <laughs> yeah um it's crazy just like as time goes and like we've grown as a library and as a space for the public just how much we've both like reach wise and physically grown and how yeah that's what seemed infinite now is we're, we're 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 feeling a little squish and i would love to have a bit more space to expand some of the cool things we do but with time Absolutely. i'm sure i'm i'm totally in for another move let's go let's do <laughs> let's do another one it was it was a lot though so like not right now <laughs> right you've done one you're like i can do this but but like not right now yeah that's right absolutely all right next question what is your favorite or most memorable moment about working here in the library world? oh we there's like again you almost 15 years there's been a few um we used to have a hilarious game that we as uh Cirque staff played called find the fish we had this neon pink fish like stuffed fish that we would just hide in different locations from the library, like around the library that you had to be able to see from the desk. And it was just this little fun thing that we did just as a staff, call it team building, or just wasting time, because we, we did do that a little bit. Um, but no, we, like, if you found it, you had to hide it somewhere else. And like, it was really fun, but it also got like really competitive in cert at, at certain times where like, you would corner your coworker on their break and be like, where is it? Where did you put the fish? <laughs> and, like, we were really devastated when, like, it eventually just wore out and the, we had to throw away the fish because it was just disintegrating and dying because it was so old and had been just kind of manhandled over the years. And we, we were genuinely sad when our Find the Fish game had to end. And that was, like, it's just those kind of, like, the, those old things where it's like, oh, remember when we used to be nuts? and do just silly things like that and like it was it was fun it was a lot of fun but i i'd have to say my 
probably who most recent memorable moment is, was our escape rooms last year. Ah, yes. That was a whirlwind that, like, we had never tackled. Like, we've tackled programs. I've been here for every Comic-Con we've done from the very beginning of just handing out some free comics and coming with our nerdy t-shirts to Kirby Morrow, the voice actor, being here, and, like, Bioware, and it's a full 500 people extravaganza. We've done all of those, and the escape rooms were next level. <laughs> like, that month was so amazing and also just so it pushed us beyond the boundaries as programmers that i thought we were capable of doing we put together something spectacular and i thought i was like yeah this will be fun like it'll be a cool fundraiser um i did not anticipate like just the scope of what that would be how that would look when they said that we'd hit our goal of raising five thousand dollars i thought we were getting pranked because that like that was shocking to me and I, I worked most of those nights and collected a lot of those donations and it still didn't register to me just how extensive that was. And like even to the point where like the reach of that program, I was at another job that I do in Edmonton and somebody came up to me and said, aren't you the escape room lady from Spruce Grove? And I was like, what? <laughs> yes, actually I am. Wow, I am in a different city entirely. Uh, and it was like months later and this was still something that people were still talking about so that was really cool and I would love at some point to have a chance to do just a phenomenal program like that again. But next one is what do you usually do? What's your day-to-day -day activities, responsibilities, your daily routine? I know you've worn many hats so this yeah. may be tricky but <laughs> uh, yeah I am I am I am somewhat of a strange unicorn in this building where I have worked in some way, shape, or form in almost every department over the years. And my current day-to-day -day, um, is very, it looks very different than it used to. Since normally I'm, if we are having some sort of in-person, if there's a kids program, there's a whole bunch of kids, whole bunch of noise, I am there. I am facilitating it, I am a part of the planning the <clears throat> execution of it and the data collection after because I am a sucker for good stats. I just, I like playing with the data after and seeing how many people we had and getting that feedback. So those boring feedback forms we give you, I promise I do genuinely like, like reading them. <laughs> I, th you're filling them out for me and I love them. Um, but yeah, I'm normally part of a lot of our kids programming, those kind of things. Uh, more recently, I've been more part of the behind the scenes of editing the videos that go online for our virtual programs. I'm a big part of everything that we do in the summer, um, stuff with the Tech Bowl. But I do still occasionally work on that front desk, so doing regular service point stuff of checking out your books. I love Reader's Advisory, so if you come in being like, I don't know what to read, find me a book. That is, a, a book hunt is my favorite. And I really love that doing that for kiddos too who are starting to get into that age where reading might not be the cool thing to do mm. anymore or struggling readers who don't know what book to pick up. I love having books, like finding books for those people to be like, no, we're going to find you what you love today. Uh, we, have, we have something for everyone in here and I love finding it. So that's part of my everyday. But yeah, I've, I've been in a lot of places. Yes, and you were our uh, <laughs> true spoken leader for the infamous Pokemon Club. Yes, I, which I desperately miss. And when we can logistically work around getting people 
back in for a program, I would love to bring it back because it's a ton of fun. Uh, a program where we get to share our love of Pokemon and trade cards and just be in a space together is really fun. And I know that I was the only one on Tuesday nights who appreciated the 32 kid chaos that my program created. But yeah, it was it was a it was awesome, and I and I miss it. And know from the very bottom of my heart that if we can figure out a way to logistically bring it back to keep everybody who's participating safe, we're gonna do that. Absolutely. You're the queen of our Pokemon club. Every time it's going on, we're like, bless Danielle. You, you handle that like a champ. And Everyone's I'm like, thanks like, oh, for giving me the, the program room space so we can contain that a little bit better and we did the, the, the noise and excitement of it didn't have to float to every other part of the library. But yeah, no, I, I, love, I love it. It's I think it's an awesome program that we offer, and yeah, it's it's been one of my favorite things that I got to do for years is running that Pokemon club. So, yeah, so we know our community loves it ever so much. Ever so often, I you see us on social media. When's the Pokemon club coming back? Where's Danielle? As soon as I can, I promise. I miss you. We're working on it. We yes, are. We are. Absolutely. All right. Now, last question for you, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but maybe you can dive a little bit deeper into this. What advice would you give to people looking to get into the library world as a career? Yeah, so my advice about haunting your local library is only partially in jest. Um, it is that I, I lucked out and I know that my story is not the typical way of people getting in, but I do, if, if being part of the library world or being involved in the library field is something that you do truly want to do as your career. Um, there is lots of courses that you can take for library tech and masters of library studies and my ed degree has taken me far with programming and everything else but I think the most important way to get your foot in the door is yeah actually be a part of your local library. Come to programs, volunteer, be either part of the friends or come to stuff. Get to know the people that work there the way your library works the things that it does be involved because if you're involved and then a position comes up and you're you're kind of known around there and you know how it works you're so much more likely to be integrated into that team that you're already a part of if you if it's something that you're like oh i i like to read books at home but i've never set foot in my library you need to do that because we, we are so much more than that and the public libraries vary so much from the communities that they're in. So yeah, I would really just strongly recommend if it's something that you want to do, be a part of it. Come volunteer if you can. Come to programs. Check out the virtual programs. Know what your library is doing and be involved. So when you're ready to take that step and introduce yourself or apply to a position, you, you know a bit about what you're getting into and the people who are hiring for the library world will know you and know that you you are ready and committed to it. I can 100% agree with that advice as someone who <laughs> started with the practicum, then shifted to a volunteer, and then they got to know me and thought like, hey, you weird person. We need you, you. You weird one over there. You, you look good to be part of our team. Come on on you, board. You would like to be part of the chaos that is our <laughs> massive programs that we do? Yeah, welcome aboard. And now you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> Up on another crazy train. Let's go. Choo-choo. And off we went. Oh my gosh. Off we you're went. not allowed to leave, though. I'm not kidding. Like this. <laughs> You are part of this family now. I want to say that to you too. Every time I'm like, uh, uh, come back. I know. Come stay with us. 
but I know your heart is also in the teaching world. Yes, so. I, I love what I do in my classroom, but this is always going to also be a home for me too, so I am happy to currently be juggling both. And we love having you here. It's awesome. Thank you, Danielle. I love being here. <laughs> I think we're about done. That's about for it this for episode. Yeah. And of course, thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening. Yes, thank you very much and everyone. If you would like to be a special guest or have any questions, concerns, or any great episode ideas, you can send them to us at sgblpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Next month, being October, mm-hmm. we're going to be having some spooky fun. And we are having a contest where we would love for you to send us your spooky stories. We will pick some to read on our Halloween Behind the Stacks episode. So get your thinking caps on and write and send us your creepy stories to sgplpodcast at yrl.ab.ca. Well, that's it for us. So tune in next time for another exciting episode of Behind the Stacks. Thank you, Simone, for being here again. Thank you, Courtney. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.